Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 201 of the Quickie Podcast. It feels good to say, over 200 now? Yeah, it makes me smile. Didn't think I'd make it, but here we are. Uh, I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and my God, is there a lot of crazy things going on out there. So let's, uh, let's get to a pretty damn fun interview and take your mind off things for a little bit, hey? So today, my guest is Becca Wrights from Rebecca Wrights Design. She's an illustrator, art director, designer, and entrepreneur. She is also out of Denver, Colorado, and I say this in the interview, what is in the water in Denver, Colorado? There's like this little pocket there of brilliant designers that I keep finding um, through the Quickie Podcast here, and yeah, they're just doing great things. I love it. During this interview, we talk about her move to full-time freelance back in late 2018. We also talk about where she started with the art and creative world when she was drawing her dolls back in the day when she was younger and how that sort of translates to what she's doing now. We also talk about how she was a bit intimidated by the fine art pursuit that she was originally on in college and how she really discovered what, uh, what resonated with her, what felt right and what was the right direction to go. We talk about the Instagram account that really influenced her early on in her career. We talk about a few recent print projects that she's been a part of and why print is just so damn great. Becca also shares with us the project she worked really, really, really hard on, invoiced, and never got a dime. Why that happened and what she learned from it. She shares also with us how she struggles with overcommitting. That is a common problem with a lot of us, and she shares her experiences with that. She then shares with us the project for the Well Care Studio that she's so proud to have been a part of why she's so proud of it, and why she digs it so much. That and so much more in this interview. Becca is super fun and easy to talk to, and she brings it. She brings it for you. So let's get right to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Becca writes. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Becca, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Awesome. It's great to have you. And I didn't know you were from Denver until just now. And like I tell all of my guests from Denver, there's been a lot of them. There is something in the water over there. There is so much talent coming out of Denver. Yeah, there's a lot of the creative community here is booming. And it's really awesome to kind of like be at the forefront of that right now. So many new creative humans and groups and events it's it's awesome to be a part of so that's so great to hear so before we get rocking are you ready for a quickie i am fantastic um (laughs) let's briefly tell the listeners about yourself so my name is rebecca wrights i go by becca i am a graphic designer art director illustrator i'm from the chicago area 
I lived in the mountains um, in Vail, Colorado for a couple of years working at an agency there. So you found yourself and in the mountains first and then you came. I did. <laughs> so random. Yeah. I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I went to school in the Midwest, actually in Missouri, super random, and then made my way out to Vail and worked at a boutique agency there for a bit and then went full-time freelance, let's see, December 2018. So been doing it for a little over a year now. Nice. So how much time did you yeah. spend in that studio um, agency game? Yeah. So I was there for two and a half years, three-ish years. I guess I was kind of, you know, I transitioned out. So I was contracting them for, for a bit as well. So um, yeah. And, you know, always kind of freelancing on the side. I started freelancing in, in college actually. So it was always, you know, the side hustle always had that kind of going on in the background, yep. but it's great to have that agency experience to start. I feel like that's so common for a designer Very or common. a creative to have like a side hustle just to sort yep. of scratch an itch that they're maybe not getting to with their day job. Exactly. I think it's always, I think any creative, whether you're in music or dance or art or whatever it is, or you're a poet or an author, you kind of always have that, little extra thing you want to be doing. Mm -hmm, definitely. So you did some time in the studio agency world, then you kicked it freelance December 2018. That was the the legitimizing timeline. Yes. Um, I want to kick this back further than that, though. And I want to hear a little okay. bit about your childhood and what that was like. Do you feel you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this direction? A little bit. So my dad's actually a landscape architect. Okay. So and he's kind of transitioned a bit, but I remember growing up and just kind of seeing him painting with markers and like, you know, sketching trees really quick. And I was very enamored by that. Mm -hmm. And I actually always played music growing up. Like I, I started piano lessons when I was in third grade and I was in choir and I sang and did kind of that whole thing. And art was Fun and it was some. It's funny because now that I'm actually thinking about this question, I remember I used to draw my dolls, just oh, nice. <laughs> so random. But it's it's actually kind of funny because now what I primarily illustrate is kind of like the female figure, yep. and so it's funny to think back of at that time of just yeah drawing my like Bratz dolls or whatever they were oh, <laughs> so <classic. laughs> yeah I was like that that was it I wasn't a Barbie girl so um yeah so there there was a good amount of that but I don't think there was any point in time where I was like oh I'm gonna be an artist mm -hmm. um until kind of that college point so it was for fun it was something I would randomly do here and there but I would say like, you know, middle school or high school, I was really more focused in on, on music and, and other things. So Okay, so tell me a little bit about that college moment where the design art creative route was really flicked for you. I mean, music in itself is, is a creative mm -hmm. pursuit. That's creative 100%. Um, right. But when was that graphics part, that, you know, physical art form? Uh, when did that switch flick for you? How did that happen? Yeah. So I, what did I end up going for? It's so funny. I decided I was going to be a communications major because I was like, okay, that's easy. Um, that's broad and I can see where that takes me. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in a couple of classes 
in realizing, huh, I don't really want to be sitting here analyzing the ads or talking about them. I want to be making them. And as soon as I kind of said that, one of the counselors or, you know, one of the professors was like, oh, you're, you're in the wrong program. You need to be a visual communications major. That's what you want to do. And so very simply just kind of switched over and entered into that visual realm. And I think I was always a little afraid of going into fine art. I was actually never really a big painter or drawer. I I like doing stuff on the computer. So it was just funny because I feel like I always assumed I'd be in communications or even like tech or be a web developer or something like that. And it was funny because there was just, yeah, this little switch that kind of clicked on and I realized, oh, I can kind of like merge all of these interests I have in computers or communication or art and creativity in this in this one field. And sat there and never looked back. Awesome. Yeah. So that switch gets flicked in college. All of a sudden you're in this visual communications world. Um, Uh Then did you sort of major further or niche down further rather than pursuing fine art directly or graphic design directly? Was there sort of a, a refining of the graphics pursuit there? Yeah. I mean, we, as like a visual communications major were forced to take, you know, those studio classes like ceramics or painting or Mm -hmm. whatever. And they just never really like resonated with me. I much preferred things like web design or I did take an illustration class and we explored, you know, things like watercolors or whatever. But then we also, because of the time I went to school had things like Wacom tablets or whatever, where we could draw digitally. And Mm -hmm. once I started doing that, I was like, Oh, like this, (laughs) this is my, this is my space. Yeah. And like motion graphics, I took an animation class and like, just like those more computer heavy, digital heavy type of design classes really resonated with me a lot more so than ceramics. Like not not good at that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I decided. I was like, okay, let's go with what feels right. I was trying to think of like a clever comment about that. There's that movie with Kevin Spacey or Kevin Bacon or I can't remember who it was now. Maybe not uh-huh. Kevin Bacon. I don't know who it was. But there's that like okay. iconic pottery scene where they're like forming pottery oh. and ceramics together. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. I know exactly what you're what talking about. What movie is that called? Uh, is that Ghost? I don't know. I'm so bad with that stuff. Like yeah. I can see it and I, I have no idea what the name yeah, is. Yeah, everybody can see it, but, but I have no idea what movie it's from. So I was going to say... Well, you're not going to have that moment, but I had no descriptors for that moment. So it was just what no. like, just fallen <laughs> <Sitting> flat. <there. laughs> Trying um, to grab it out of the air. Definitely. So during that period of time, that creative venture, that switch gets flicked. What stands out to you as the most influential design or piece of art of your life so far? Something that you saw and just stuck with you since? Hmm, a piece of art. So it... When I was in college, Instagram like was a thing, mm-hmm. and I followed this girl woman, Allison Wu, who's mm-hmm. actually just a food stylist. Mm-hmm. Um, but her 
Instagram and the way she had like curated it. I think it was like just the start of like that Instagram aesthetic kind of um, vibe Mm -hmm. that got me really excited about sharing my own art. And I know that's like a very millennial answer where it's like, (laughs) no, there wasn't like, I didn't see a piece of Monet and be like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. It was more just like this curation of images. Uh, And I loved like Tumblr and stuff like that. So there were, I was constantly collecting images and like saving them to like a disc on my computer Mm -hmm. and looking at them, like almost like vision boarding or mood boarding from like a very early time. And so, but that was one girl, you know, who, who really inspired me to be a designer and, no, she wasn't a designer. No, she's not an artist, but she was just so the way she curated her content was so pleasing visually Mm -hmm. that it just like excited me to continue my design career. Um, and just following other people during that time when Instagram was a little less like, look at me, this is my brand. Like, uh, it wasn't as like honed in. It was Mm -hmm. a little bit more of a kind of crazy space where we were all just sharing images that were cool. Yeah. And you can see that actually when you go to somebody's timeline and as long as they don't have thousands of images where you have to scroll away to the sure. bottom. But even if you look down yeah. to the bottom where it began, it was like really, you can see the timeline, like go from great photos to not so great photos to horrible photos where the color's off and it looks like it's a regular photo yes. taken, printed out off of film. And then they took a picture of it with the phone, with the bad camera and then uploaded it, right? Like it, you can see yes. it go like that. Right. Totally. So yeah, I'm like, again, no crazy piece of art that just like took me away. But Mm -hmm. that period of time where we are, we were all learning how to like curate our feed or like whatever it was, was actually so fun to me or Tumblr or things like that. Like I just loved kind of picking and pulling and making and feeling like we all had these visual representations of who we are. I thought that was just cool. Mm-hmm. So Rebecca, Becca, I have to ask you this honest question here and, and please be honest. Yes. You, you said that yes. you collected images now in this mobile world, how yes. many screenshots do you have? Screenshots. Oh my God. I don't even want to know. Um, <laughs> I have a screenshots folder. I can't see, but I know I have like 14,000 pictures on my phone. Okay. For I have sure. 12, so, Okay. Okay. So, so, so that's like bad. normal. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I tell people that and they're like, what? Um, I don't know. I have a ton of screenshots though. Mm-hmm. So because I'm still, and who knows how many like saved images I have. And like Pinterest is just like visual gold for me. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, so very much one of those people who just like eats it up. So I'm curious then, Becca, because you mentioned one of the Instagram accounts that really sort of got you really excited about design and curation. But who were some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow now? And what is it about them that you like? Yeah. So there's one I think of constantly and her name. I don't want to botch it, but I think it's Coco Carina. Coco Carina. Um, and it's so funny because I followed her design work in, in college and it was just, you know, she'd send out like little bundles on her blog of like cool illustrations you can use almost like creative market vibes where, you know, you're downloading a plant 
specter and whatever. And so I always followed her design work, always obsessed. And then, you know, went went on to my agency job and like kind of didn't forget about it, but didn't really like pay as much attention. And then I started making my own illustrations that um, for whoever follows my work, it's it's all very like mystical kind of thoughts on the physical, all of those kind of things. And it was so funny because I one day I like went to her page and that's almost exactly what she does now, obviously in her, her own style. But it was just so cool to be like a little baby designer in college and be so inspired by this other graphic. So she has her own studio basically where mm-hmm. she's doing branding, packaging, web design, all of that stuff. And then she has this kind of um, side pipeline where she puts all of her like mystical illustrations. She sells things like moon calendars or dream journals or whatever. And it's so funny because I actually talk to her now often. Um, and it was just cool to see someone do both because I think that's something I've somewhat struggled with is my illustration work and what I do share on my Instagram account feels a little disjointed from my graphic design business. Mm-hmm. So she's someone I really look up to for that just because she's done this beautiful merging of the two and doesn't like think about it. It's like, who cares that there's these two entities? And so totally. I would say that's one that really out in my mind and i'm very familiar with that account it's um cocorina.studio is the instagram account that's c-o-c-o-r-r-i-n-a dot studio um and yeah you nailed it like some metaphysical stuff but tied into packaging and like there's it's yeah definitely a good one yeah yep and then she has her like illustration account that's like totally separate from that and so it's just cool to see someone else doing that i guess Mm -hmm. um so definitely. So Becca, the next question I have for you is about print and packaging design. I want to hear how you have utilized that in your career and any stories or special projects um, using print or packaging design that you could share with us. Yeah. So I love both of those things. Um, While my work is very digital and, you know, mentioned that that's kind of the realm I fall into. I love bringing brands from start to finish. And I love doing things like their store tags or their business cards. Or I recently did um, some branding for a plant shop in Denver. And Mm -hmm. we did everything from like, she has like eucalyptus shower bundles. And we do little tags that go on those and plant care cards where you're telling people, you know, this is how much sun it needs. This is how much water it needs. X, Y, Z. So those little nuanced pieces of paper that people are taking away is always just so it's also fun to just see it. Um, I love walking into a shop and seeing the stuff I've created and being able to touch it and watching other customers interact with it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then I did some packaging for a hard seltzer brand here in Colorado. Um, Denver beer co is the, company that kind of made these seltzers Mm -hmm. as soon as like white claws came out everybody was like oh "Oh my god we have to get on this and Mm -hmm. so that was a really fun and it's just fun to see people i think it's a really surreal moment as a designer to have that piece 
that's sitting in, you know, Whole Foods. Like I walk into Whole Foods and I see, you know, out and about hard seltzers and watching people grab them and like walk up to the checkout is just such a funny, cool feeling just <laughs> to see, okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm doing something right. So Definitely. I really love working on, I mean, that's what's fun about packaging is oftentimes you do get to see people interact with your designs. Whereas digital, it's like, cool, someone's opening your email and then tossing it, or maybe they're not, maybe they're just throwing it in the trash. So <laughs> there's a lot to, yeah. which understandable, um, print that's just, I, I, I personally don't feel like print will ever go away or packaging's no. ever going to no. go away. It's always going to be a thing. And so um, those are some of my favorite projects to kind of pursue and work on. Totally. So a couple of questions out of that. Um, in Whole Foods, yeah. when somebody's walking up to the till with your product, have you ever like uh-huh. tapped them on the shoulder and be like, hey, I des- I designed that? <laughs> I <laughs> haven't. I have when it's like a friend or something. When yeah. a friend shows up, obviously, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I designed those. Or it was so funny. I walked into, there's like a little local wine and beer shop near my near my house and I was in there and someone was doing kind of like a tasting with them mm-hmm. I was like oh I designed those or going into Denver Beer Co and someone hands you a hard seltzer and you're like I designed it but <laughs> um cool. so yeah it, it's you know I do it sometimes but uh it's cool and the other thing I love that you touched on too was that it when you're creating a digital design, whether it's an Instagram ad or a website or um, anything digital, it's so easy to for a consumer or somebody to dismiss it. Right. Whereas something printed, something tangible is so much harder to, for them to just toss away or get rid of or not think about or not interact with in some way. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And one of my biggest like retained clients, her name is Spirit Daughter. We do, it's like full moon, new moon workbooks, but basically they're like these self-reflective journals. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool to see on Instagram or wherever people working through them Mm -hmm. and saving them and getting so excited about them. So yeah, it's just, it's awesome to see those pieces in real time. Beautiful. So Rebecca, or sorry, Becca. Yeah. Buckle up because we've got to get through the tough stuff here. We've got next few questions I have for you. Um, Take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and we'll get through it together and then we'll finish up and wrap up in a happy place here. Okay, perfect. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? So... Very easy, actually. I remember <laughs> working at the design agency. I was freelancing on the side. It was in that classic, right out of school, trying to make ends meet, trying to do something cool kind of space. And I worked as an apprentice for a woman called um, a woman named Annalise Salvo. She owns her own design studio. Um, and at the time I was doing her stuff, my agency stuff. I was like working at a bookstore part-time. I was doing my own work and we had a client that kind of like transferred from Annalise to me and she became kind of like my freelance client mm-hmm. and we never classic 
Classic never signed a new contract because it was kind of like this continuous, you know, we started it under this umbrella of Annalise Alvazenko. And then I branched off and kind of ran with the project once we had decided that's kind of like the direction it needed to take, but I didn't sign a new contract with this client. And I would go to my agency job, come home and work countless hours on this project. It was like uh, designer bags. And I was basically like Photoshopping and editing pictures of these high end bags to put on this website, Mm -hmm. but there were just tons. And like literally I would change the color of the bag to match her like swatch and whatever. And it took so long and we get to the end and it was just the classic, like there's no contract to back me. I go to invoice her for whatever the a hundred hours that it took. And I never saw a dime of (laughs) that project. And yeah, it was, and it was also someone who like empowers young women and, I was a young woman at the time. So you're like, what the heck? And so to spend all that time. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of when obviously that moment clicked of like, okay, I'm burning myself out. And in that burnout, I'm making poor decisions because I can't think clearly because I'm not sleeping enough. I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not fueling my own creativity. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm just like, you know, you're just like in a hamster wheel of like, okay, I gotta get this done, gotta get this done. And everything was suffering because of it. So, mm-hmm. and I think like that, that project in particular was very obviously discouraging. Yeah, for sure. And you're like, whoa, like I can't even get paid like a <laughs> dollar for the countless, and you know, I was very nice the whole time. Yeah, it was just one of those moments where you're like, what am I doing? Like, why am I working so much and making so little? And It's like those um, one incidents. It's like a one incident thing, but it causes you to question everything. Everything. Right? And is this really the direction I want to go? Like, what am I doing wrong here? How do I get out of this? Like, how do I move forward from this? Like, totally. Yeah, and it, it definitely like put a pause on things for me. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I need a break, and did it. I uh, had that moment of like, do I want to be a designer? Like, it was really like that impactful mm-hmm. for me um, in a negative way, but you know, eventually positive. Yeah. So tell me, tell me just a few details about getting through that. Like, obviously, the initial gut punch—you're not getting any money. This person who sure. you know speaks on empowering young women is like absolutely just punching me in the gut. Like, what? There's no right. alignment with that brand and the messaging. How do you move past that and get back up on your feet? Yeah. So, I mean, I really just dedicated myself to working at my agency and like giving my all there and learning as much as I could there. And I put my freelance on hold. And then that is actually really like the turning point of when I got into kind of just like dove into myself again and like, Mm -hmm. what do I like? And that's kind of when I fell into that whole of like the metaphysical world. And it was just fun for me to kind of learn something new. Mm -hmm. And so just like learning how to meditate or learning what astrology is or learning about the phases of the moon or like quantum physics or whatever it was. I was just like all about it. And so I spent more free time 
doing those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that is what pushed my illustrations Oh, that's actually what started my illustrative like career because I was learning all this stuff and needed some type of like outlet to talk to people about. So it was funny because I would actually make these images for my Instagram or whatever, these like little illustrations, nothing crazy, like literally like a picture of a hand with a triangle in it. But in the captions, I would be like, oh my gosh, I discovered this really crazy thing. This is how I'm feeling. And it became this, like the illustrations were paired with my newfound discoveries. And it was crazy because like, I didn't even realize I was starting something when I was doing that. I didn't realize I was kind of like on this new path for my freelance. And it was crazy because I had a lot of authors and Poets and people finding that imagery because of the topic, because of astrology or moon phases or whatever it was that I was talking about. And that's how I kind of got this work in the wellness space. So it was funny because it was like this breakdown that like vamps me back up. And I didn't even realize it was happening in the moment. I was just excited to be learning something new and really doing something for myself. And yeah, I think that's, the advice I would give anybody who's kind of having that moment of like burnout or they're tired or something's like not feeling right or they're not aligning because then from then on the clients I was working with just, they did feel aligned and also mm-hmm. I was writing contracts, but also, you know, I was, I was choosing my clients at that point, which is always a big help, but um, I was very aligned with my own values and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, I attracted clients who were were interested in doing the same. So that's so interesting, and I didn't know this. <clears throat> pardon me, I didn't know this about you. Um, but hearing mm-hmm. what you're saying sounds so much like a conversation that my wife has had with me just recently, even. Oh, um, and so uh-huh. definitely because you, what you're talking about and what she does are so aligned. Um, it's crazy. Um, if you check her out on Instagram, wow. it's uh, Victoria okay. underscore Intuitive Wellness. Now, let me okay. make sure I didn't Very like, cool. botch that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Victoria underscore Intuitive Wellness because it's okay. you know, she focuses sounds, sounds aligned. Yeah, on finding alignment and shadow work and understanding yourself and why Ooh. why you react the way you react to things and you know understanding that Love and it. dealing with grief and yep. stress in healthy ways like all of that stuff. Yes. Yep, and that's like very much so aligned with the clients I like to work with. I like 100%. to work with clients who aim to do that for people who for aim sure. to just kind of up level people in some way shape or form. Crazy. I did not know that about you. Okay, Becca, yeah. I got one more tough one, and then we'll slide into the happy stuff. Okay. Um, what is something you are struggling with in your design career right now? Oh, it's so timely. Um, I am definitely in that ebb of overcommitment where mm-hmm. I just – it's not even saying yes to everything because I am good at saying no to a lot of stuff. I say no to a lot of projects, but mm-hmm. just like the, there are like those little maybes that end up being yeses. And I've just realized, um, you know, it's time management issues. It's understanding how long things are actually going to take. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just kind of in, in the mud 
with that stuff right now of, okay, wow, why did I schedule all of this stuff for this week? Or (laughs) why didn't I plan this out further? And I think I'm just, you know, there's, I think this is going to happen multiple times in my career and it only pushes you to come out of the mud with a lesson of, okay, like it doesn't take, you know, maybe it used to take you a week and now it takes you two because your work is, becoming better and it's taking you longer or whatever mm-hmm. it is, or maybe you have more clients. So yeah, just understanding the, and learning how to express that to clients or like express boundaries a little bit better instead of becoming like the punching bag a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I have some, some personal issues as well with like, yeah, I want to help everyone all the time. And so I disrespect my own boundaries to respect others. And then I end up in this spot where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am so stressed out or like I'm not sleeping or I'm going to bed Mm -hmm. later. Yeah. I'm slipping up. I'm dropping balls, like whatever it is. And so, um, but you know, these spaces, as long as you're aware, you can come out and say, okay, either I need to up my rates or I need to extend these timelines or I need to take on less or whatever. And just kind of is a point of reevaluation. Totally. (laughs) I hear you there. Um, Okay. I'm going to turn this bus around for you now, Becca. And I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. So there's so many, I I feel like truly, all of the clients I work with at this point are very aligned with my values. And so um, Spirit Daughter is one of my bigger clients that, and she's the one I mentioned, we do the full moon and new moon workbooks and we Mm -hmm. do them monthly. We have subscribers. So I just want to call that out because that project is always going to be near and dear to my heart. But most recently here in Denver, there's a well care center opening up and well care is kind of a new term for beauty, food, wellness, kind of all meeting, fitness, mm-hmm. um, and kind of this idea of preventative self-care. So they have an event space, a cafe, a like different various fitness studios, and then they have about 40 to 50 practitioners upstairs that do everything from maybe like what your wife does, like intuitive healing to um, chiropractic work to massage. And so it's really cool to kind of see that come to life. My boyfriend and I actually, he's also a Denver designer, mm-hmm. Adam Vickerell. He and I have been working on this project for about a year and a half. And so um, we've done everything from the interior wayfinding to a huge three-story mural outside. Crazy. Um, yeah. So to menus that are inside, the website, email marketing. So it's really cool to kind of see that all coming together and they open up in three weeks. So yeah, I think that's definitely a project I'm so excited to see kind of wrap up in a bow and yeah, again, so aligned with kind of the clients I aim to work with Mm -hmm. people who are focused on preventative self-care, just um, self-reflection and self-awareness. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I had no idea your boyfriend was Adam Vicarell because he uh, is yep. another guy that exactly. I follow um, on Instagram. Yep. Love the work for. Crazy. Yep. Denver. Him. Again, I'm telling <laughs> you, Denver. I know. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yep. It's happening. 
All right, Becca, you've reached the point of the show for the last question, the ask it forward okay. question. It's where I have a question Love for it. you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So okay. my last guest was Timba Smits. He's a creative artist, graphic artist, illustrator, um, curator, gosh, founding member of the Daydream Club. Um, based Ooh. out of London, England. His interview will be up next week. And holy, there is a massive curveball in here that like shocked me. So oh, you have wow. to check it out. Okay. But anyways, okay. he wanted to ask you that, you know, he loves art and design. Loves it, loves it, loves uh -huh. it. But he also yep. loves snowboarding. Like absolutely loves okay. snowboarding. What uh -huh. is what is that battle? What is your other love, and how do you balance the two? I would say music for sure. Yeah, and I think it's been weird for me personally to watch music kind of take the back seat and art take the front seat and the driver's seat. While yeah, I just kind of miss. I play piano, I sing, and I definitely have goals to kind of produce music. And yeah, it's just one of those things that always falls to the wayside. And mm -hmm. I have goals to kind of get that up and running again. And it's slow but sure, taking piano lessons again. <laughs> and so um, I, I'm trying. But yeah, I think that's a really big struggle for me, especially when you are a busy creative or you own your own business, you know, there's always this list of things to do. And so it can be a little tough. Um, yeah. To just like watch the dust <laughs> grow on the piano or the music um, equipment that I have in my house. But yeah, I try to be as aware and try my best to kind of dabble in it when I get home from work if I can. So Awesome. Good I understand hear. that though. Yeah, I took uh, piano when I was younger, was always very into music. I'm sort of dabbling in guitar right now. Um, and it's oh, always nice. something that I've wanted to learn more of. And uh -huh. uh, trying to play guitar and sing at the same time is something I'm actively working on. But oh my gosh, I'm so okay. glad I'm not recording any of it right now. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's weird to like return. And I'm like, oof, I am quite rusty. <laughs> nice. So, so Becca, what is okay. the question you would like me to ask the next guest for you? Okay. I know this isn't necessarily like design related, but I love knowing what people's like guilty pleasure is. Mm -hmm. Like, is it a weird Instagram account? Is it like a song, whatever it might be. So, I so it could fun. be like food, IG account. Yeah. Um, yes. Show <clears throat> love yes. is blind. Um, it could be totally <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love that. <laughs> uh, just cause I feel like it's so funny. We all see each other on Instagram and see everybody's work, but it's like, okay, like what's the weird thing that yeah. makes you, you? Yeah. What's the weird thing? Do you have like 30 pet gerbils that you just love playing with? Yeah, like exactly. I don't know. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Your name's yeah. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea why I said that because <laughs> I do not have a gerbil. Just clarify. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, dude. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. Rebecca, you have reached the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much okay. for being my guest today. Thank you so much. Yes. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. 
All right, everybody, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for spending a little bit with us. Dive through this quickie podcast uh, database. No, that's not the right word. The history, not the history, archive. I think that's the right word. Dive on down through the quickie podcast archive. If you're just coming across the quickie podcast right now, I've got 200 plus episodes below here that you can check out and listen to instead of scrolling through social media and seeing the same bad news that you've been seeing lately. Just take a little break from it. Dive into some of these interviews, get some creativity, hear about some stories, some wins, some fails, and all of that jazz. Thanks again, and stay safe out there. We'll see you tomorrow.